Hey, what's going on, Clipper fans? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we are joined today by Ethan Smith, former Clipperholics contributor, current yes. host of Locked on Pirates, and big Clippers fan. Ethan, how's it going? Doing all right, man. Uh, I don't know how to feel about going into this playoffs. I feel <laughs> okay. I mean, as you guys can see on the video, I already have a beer in hand. I have my oh, yeah. lavender vanilla candle going. You know, I'm kind of <laughs> getting in that mood where we're ready to see the Clippers potentially hurt us again. But we'll see. I mean, we don't know yet. Got to get the vibes going. That's what we do here on Locked on Clips. We bring you the vibes Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. And today, kind of uh, jumping into more of the playoff week, we're going to be discussing sort of some gener our general kind of takes uh, on the playoffs as we approach them. We're going to talk about if the fourth seed accurately reflects how the Clippers did this season. And then on What You Say Wednesday, we put a poll out on Twitter. We do that every single Tuesday on at Locked on Clips. Thank you to everybody who voted. This one, we wanted to know what you thought about how many games the Clippers-Mavs series would go with the majority uh, of the responses being very, very positive. People are confident. So we're, <laughs> very confident. So we're, we're going to jump into that uh, as well as kind of give our own takes on, on how we think the series will go. And then in shavings, just some more playoff stuff. So all that and oh, more, yeah. just play, all playoffs all day, coming up right <laughs> about now. But first, got to let you know, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of the locked on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to General Playoff Talk. And as Will was doing that fantastic intro, the tip-off time was just dropped. 1.30 Pacific, Clippers-Mavs, game one on Saturday, 4.30 Eastern. Whew, that kind of sucks, I did, right? I did not see this one coming. <laughs> To be yeah, I'm actually going to be at a wedding on Saturday, oh, so that'll no. be very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was hoping fans? for. Well, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> nobody here in Georgia, like even in Pittsburgh, is even remotely <laughs> close to being a Clippers fan. But I'm kind of not surprised by it. Seeing the other games, like Celtics, Nets, of course, like at uh, at eight Eastern time. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. Oof. Well, we'll see if we can get by this duo, this quasi brunch game. Let's get into it, Ethan. Does the fourth seed kind of accurately reflect how good of a season the Clippers had? I feel like the West was really good, but it sucks. It feels like it kind of sucks. We're a little, we're not as good of a seed as last year. Um, I would say no, just because I mean, as you can see, like a lot of different things happened to the Clippers this year. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were hardly ever on the floor together, and when they were. They were just absolutely ridiculous. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they probably both averaged over 25 a game or around that area when they were on the floor together. And then you look at the, the like last stretch of games. I mean, four and six over their last 10 to end the year. But, you know, they play chess and not checkers to what some people call stay away from the Lakers. But I mean, either way, one thing that I think that they did into this year, and I don't think the four seed is indicative of how good this team is. I think right. Ty Lue, unlike Doc Rivers, just has a much more playoff approach to things. So 100%. he said, okay, if I can go into the playoffs with this team at 100%, the chemistry will come along when you have players like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, a guy in Serge Ibaka who was with Toronto and Kawhi won a couple years ago, which I think is going to be an X factor in how this team does this year. 
and guys like playoff Rondo who always know how to pick it up in the uh, postseason also. So, no, I don't think – I definitely thought this team was a top two or three team in the West. The fact that they're four, I mean, they were, what, a game away from being three if they beat OKC yeah. that night? <laughs> Fair. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's really hard to gauge seed in this year uh, just because of the truncated schedule. Uh, and really, I mean, you look at the top of, of both conferences and it's it, a lot of it is about availability. I mean, I guess less so in the East, the, you know, mm, the Nets yeah. had people in and out and it's, you know, still finished too, but that's the East. Uh, but looking at the standings, I mean, like it, it just – I thought that we would have finished ahead of the Nuggets, especially given, you know, sort of like what happened and how their season kind of got derailed. Um, but I, I think that, you know, we talked uh, with a, a former Cavs uh, beat writer coming into the season about how there would be some frustration probably from fans just adjusting to the sort of the style of Ty Lue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that honestly, uh, for better or worse, I, I do think that Ty Lue really sort of avoided a lot of criticism from the fan base really until that last sort of smattering of games. Um, and I think that like, I can understand why it left a bad pe- like taste in people's mouths, especially those last two games. Like it, it was the opposite of the good process that we've seen, even in <laughs> yeah, losing yeah. efforts. Yeah, uh, it was you know, give Ochuru 21 shots. <laughs> exactly, yes. exactly. Like the, the, these weren't like – it wasn't just that we were resting guys. Like it, it was – it was not a commitment to winning. I won't say it was a commitment to losing, but it was in no way a commitment to winning. When you see see Yogi Ferrell on the free throw line about six or eight times a game, you can kind of get the idea where the Clippers were going with those two games. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, initially when it happened, uh, Charles and I were like very kind of down on the whole thing with a little bit of space to breathe from it. Um, I think that it makes sense. I, I think that Ty Lu, you know, he talked about going through film for both Portland and Dallas. And I think that he just liked what he saw, A. Um, and, and B, there's already sort of the history, right? Like they, they've already played six games together. And while we haven't been that impressed with what we've seen against the Mavs in the regular season, um, I, I do think that that experience could pay dividends in a new, another series. What are we looking for, you know, we're heading to this Mavs series. We obviously know what the offense can do for the Mavericks. Their defense is, I think it's something like 20th in uh, defensive rating, not exactly stalwarts on that side of the ball. What are we looking from Tyloo's offense? I know that there's probably going to be some new wrinkles and things like that. I think we're going to see a couple different small ball lineups that we didn't see very much of because of availability mm-hmm. during the regular season. Um, and I also think, I think Chris Stapps is going to be hunted. 100% in the pick and roll yeah. for Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah, and I mean, I could see Serge Ibaka playing a big role in that too, in the pick and roll and the pick and pop. Like, I mean, if Porzingis doesn't keep up with them, you could see Ibaka drop 20 points on him if you really want to happen. And then, I mean, I think people also forget DeMarcus Cousins can also shoot. The, the Clippers <laughs> yeah. have a very unique thing this year with not only having Zubac, who's a great interior defender, but now you have two guys standing about seven foot tall each that can both shoot from outside having Porzingis having to deal with that with like double duty is going to be a little tough for him. He's going to have to work on defense. Yeah. Even if he's not getting hunted in the pick and roll, we can throw a bigger body on him and Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, make it more difficult for him on that end. What are we looking for on defense for how we can contain Luca and Chris Stapps? Cause there's going to be a game where Luca goes off. I just think that's inevitable. He's too good kind of not to, 
Um, he's not, well, he's not a player that you're stopping, right? Uh, right. It's, you're mitigating. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's like any great player in that you're just trying to take something away. Um, and I think that they will opt to sort of try to slow down his scoring um, and, and sort of force him to, you know, have his teammates uh, be the ones that beat us, like in his assist numbers kind of be damned. So, I mean, the biggest <laughs> thing is just forcing him to switch direction away from what he's comfortable with. Um, and, and then just, you know, being able to recover anytime he, he collapses the defense. Uh, I, I think that they're going to just put the priority on, on, you know, sort of forcing his teammates to step up. Um, so I, I I'm going to look, I, I think the mo the thing I'm actually the most dis- excited about, um, is sort of the versatility. I feel like we have this season defensively, um, that, I, I think there were aspects of it being there from a roster perspective last year. I don't really feel like we ever really dove in to sort of like the depth of, of what that versatility could do. Cause in that starting lineup right now, I mean, assuming Pat Bev is the starting guard, you have three guys in that lineup who can really hassle a guard. Um, and so like no one player has to get burned out. You can throw a lot of different looks. Um, and I think that, you know, if, a team's fulcrum is one guard that to me makes it a lot harder um, than, you know, if they also had like some more dynamic forwards and stuff in the mix. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And uh, here's some, here's another uh, caveat of this. Don't put Reggie Jackson on Luka Doncic at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Let's not get that switch. Let, let's, uh, let's not have to make that happen. Again, right? Yeah. The wing defenders for the Clippers are going to be great. And I think actually, um, yeah, like I think there's four guys in that starting lineup who can hang with Luca because you have the the Marcus Morris factor too. Um, you got Mook, you got Kawhi, you got PG, you got Bev who can laterally kind of hang with Luca. That's so many different looks you can throw at him. And I mean, Ty Lue's not afraid to put Zoo on kind of anybody, which no. has its mixed results. But when it works, it works really well. Yeah. Um, Anytime really... I see Zoo out in space <laughs> on a guard, I just, I clench up. I'm like, oh no. Uh, I just oh, still God. will say this, oh, and it's no. the greatest thing ever, is the fact that the Lakers practically gave us him for free. Oh, like, yeah. Legit. It's, uh, we need it's to send the funniest thing card. ever. Yeah, like if, if we win a championship and Zubac hits a game-winning shot, <laughs> they the need a starting statue. center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Coming up, we're going to be talking the uh, What You Say Wednesday poll over on Twitter from Clipper Nation. Everyone's pretty confident in how this game is going to go. But first, we got to give a shout out to the Locker Room app. Uh, Locker Room is the live audio only sports talk platform that is free to download and to use. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's going to be great during the NBA playoffs. It's great during the trade deadline. Uh, does Locked On Pirates have a, have a uh, locker room? Yes, we do, actually. I uh, yeah. have, you know, gems and stuff. I have like 1,300 right now just because I'm on that app all go. the time. So I don't know what that is, but it sounds like a lot of them. <laughs> uh, you can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games, talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time, join in on conversations with the whole Lockdown Network, and have a chance to be featured on podcasts. That's always a good time. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, which is my favorite part of Locker Room. It keeps the weirdos out and join the group. Follow at Locked on NBA and all Locked on Twitters to be notified when room go lot when rooms go live. Make sure you come with your spiciest takes. Okay, so we're back with what you say Wednesday, which yes. like I mentioned up top, we send out a poll on Twitter every single Tuesday. Thanks to everybody who voted in this. And hey, be sure to get your vote in next week. 100%. So this one is... How many games will the Clippers versus Mavs series go? Uh, Charles, you want to break this one down for us? 
So the options were pretty obvious. It was four, five, six, or seven. Um, five games was the overwhelming winner in this. It won with 55% of the vote. Second place, six games, 23%. Uh, third place, uh, four games, which is 14%, which I think is – those people are supremely confident. And then seven games got 6.5% of the vote. Ethan, where would you have voted in this? So somebody that, like, from a neutral party actually said this to me the other day, and I thought it was very interesting. The Clippers would have won this series in five if it was not for a crazy Luka shot last year. But when you look at this Clippers team versus the one they had last year, you can arguably say it's better. So as we mentioned earlier, Luka's going to go off one game. It's going to happen. He's going to just overwhelm the defense in one of these games, and they're going to lose at least one game. To say they win in five is not exactly out of the realm of possibility, just because, as as we mentioned earlier, the amount of defenders we can throw at their top two scorers is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I would still go six, just because I think also we have to realize this isn't in the bubble this year. Dallas doesn't care about COVID, so they're going to have all the fans in the world (laughs) in that stadium this year. So, I mean, that's going to play a factor also, but I think six games sounds reasonable. My confident self says five. My slightly (laughs) unconfident self says six. And then, I mean, seven or four to me is just, I think, kind of out of the realm of possibility, but we've seen stranger things. Yeah, I kind of think that this is going to be a bloodbath. I think it's going to go six games. Uh, there's some weird stuff that happened in the last series, right? Like, so like, if you look at the stats from these two teams, this regular season, you can throw out kind of all matchup stats. And in that first round last year, you can throw out most of those matchup stats because Chris Tapps was, he missed four, five and six. So he he got, he got ejected from one. Like there was just some weird stuff. So Mm -hmm. these teams don't, I mean, they know each other from a play book sense ish and they know kind of the main points right but you had the 50 point blowout you had another 30 point loss where nothing was really learned from these games um in a tangible way so i think six is the most like i'm not going to be surprised if it goes six seven lord let's hope not but i I think it's going to be six will where are you at it's a little hard to gauge uh, for me just with how good this team has been on the road. Um, I think that I think that it just really depends on how we open this series um, with guys having a little bit of rust uh, from not, you know, from both the week. 130 off plus, game too. First game's a 130 game. Don't like yeah, that. Plus not appearing. Um, if we, if we take care of the two home games right off the bat, um, I think that we're looking at a five-game series. If we somehow split that, um, yeah, then I think we're in for a much longer <laughs> ride. Like, I, I really think that at that point, if, if we split the first two series uh, or the first two games, I, I'm maybe a little worried about it going to seven. Uh, oh, wow. And I, I think that, you know, the games – it could be a situation where like the games we win, we really win and the games mm-hmm. we lose are like closer games. Um, but you know, I, I, I have confidence in this team, you know, but uh, it's been a while it, at this point, it feels like it's been a while since we've seen everybody on the court. Um, and, and, you know, we do have sort of a problem where we can be a little slow to start. Um, and I think that if you, 
if you end up, I don't know, if you end up dropping one of the two home games uh, out of the gate, I, I really think that you're not setting yourself up for, for, for a good rest of the series. Yeah, that's a win for the, for the lower seed, 100%. Um, we've talked about kind of Luke and Kristaps. What other Mav are we worried about? Tim Hardaway Jr., easily, 100%. 100%. I wish he would have been on the Clippers so bad. I think yeah. every single the, – the one thing that everyone who was a Clippers fan could agree on this year was that Tim Hardaway should have been a Clipper. Yeah, point. and you, how many points per game is he averaging? I know. I'm just asking, like, if you guys know without Six, cheating. Oh, I just looked. 16. Oh, oh well, they, they, they <laughs> cheated I was, on I was, me. <laughs> I, I was gonna guess eight. I was gonna guess eighteen. So I was yeah. in a little. I was, so, I was I mean, gonna guess more. sixteen. But so the idea know. of okay, so here's my thing: is it's like we've already talked about what. So let's say it's a hundred and twenty-five to hundred and twenty-two or some random like game, yeah. right? Where it's just all offense. I mean, Tim Hardaway can hit those shots in the big moments for them, and yeah. you never know. JJ Redick might all of a sudden come out in this playoffs and just be the guy. Like you never know. <laughs> He's like looking at the Clippers and he's like, oh, wait a minute. I can like play against. Yeah, he's on his team. most, he's also on a very petty streak right now. I feel like yeah, this is I one know. of his more pettier seasons. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you mentioned Tim Hardaway. <laughs> he's taking eight threes a game. He's mm-hmm. hitting 39% of them. Like they have so many shooters. Like Dorian Finney Smith, five attempts, 40%. Uh, Jalen Brunson, only three attempts, 40%. Kleba, who's probably going to be back, 41% on four. Like this is a team that, Man, they just have those shooters where if they're hot that night, then you're just you got to try and you know the non Luca Kristaps minutes are going to be so crucial. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I'm curious to see sort of to that end, like um, how we choose to uh, sort of parse out the time between Kawhi and Paul George, because assuming one of them will be on the floor at all times, I'm I'm guessing that. Paul George is going to be the one spending a little bit more time with that second unit. Yeah. Kawhi's um, playing which, full first for sure. I don't see why that yeah, would change. Which I, I actually think is good for George. I, I think it's good for George to sort of like have the the sole reign of the team at times offensively, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like it allows him to sort of get out of his own way a little bit, maybe not overthink stuff, maybe not overthink stuff and like sort of, you know, step up and be the scorer on that end of the floor. And then, uh, be a st- be a stopper defensively as well, which you know at times that second unit is going to need. I'm curious to see what kind of production the Mavs are going to be able to get out of Jalen Brunson and Josh R- Josh Richardson, especially in the non Luka minutes. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking perhaps the good you know uh, outcome of losing these last two regular season games in terms of the Clippers' path. They're going to toss out some predictions, but first, will. If I wanted to eat, or excuse me, if I wanted to bet money and I wanted to do it online, where should I do that? Simple activity? enough, buddy. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest wow. and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, football, over. College basketball, donezo. But the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB are all in full swing. BetOnline just doesn't cover sports. They also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Plus, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's on top of your first deposit. Use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now that I put some money down, how can I spend that money and get healthy? Well, I'll tell you how. You can check out Bill Bar. 
The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser than before. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut. For those of you with allergies, they are sensitive to that. My personal favorite flavor is the coconut brownie chunk. I don't understand how you eat any other flavor. Birthday cake, pretty good. I also like peanut butter. It's not bad. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. I mentioned the peanut butter one is one of my favorites. It's got a great taste, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. Right now, limited drop, free cooler with purchase while supplies last. This will only last for a week or so. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so we're back, and we're just talking more playoffs. Oh, of course. That's all we can think about. (laughs) All right, so let's get into some predictions that everybody has. Uh, Let's kick it off with, uh, so what random player do you think ends up hitting a big shot for the Clippers? It's kind of a short list, right? Like, it's probably going to be one of the guards. I think Luke Kennard hits a stupid shot in round one. And I think it's like, of course that one goes in like, all right, great. He's earned the $64 million. <laughs> I think there's, yeah. I think there's a random. You shot think like Luke that. Kennard hits a game winner. I didn't say okay. game winner. I don't think he said a game winner, but I think there's just something where it's like, Oh, we really needed a bucket right there. And Kennard like gets to the top of the key. I am. Ethan, <laughs> who you got? Um. Well, I mean, is it weird to say that, the entire why the hell did we trade Lou Williams for a player that can't shoot idea goes out of the window and Rondo hits like some crazy big shot that like wins the series or something. That would be not I at mean, all. Like yeah. you actually get very, play, you, very you get, good call. <laughs> you get playoff Rondo, like legit, like he's just dribbling down the floor. You think he's going to pass to Kawhi, he just pulls up, hits a three. But I mean, I'd again, and I mentioned him earlier, I'd throw Serge Ibaka in that Ooh, mix. Like again. it. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, like a I, I really, or something I, like that. Yeah, like I really think his chemistry with Kawhi is like everybody keeps blabbering about the Clippers' chemistry is garbage going into the playoffs, but they tend to forget that Serge Ibaka literally sat here and won a title with the Raptors with Kawhi. Who thinks that he can't do it again and they become maybe one of the first duos? I don't know if this is some stat or something, but the first duo to win two different teams, their first NBA Ooh, championship. It that, has to be. Ooh, that has I like to be. That. The, that would definitely be the first time, right? Like, imagine that. Like, I mean, they like, I mean, now, of course, you could like pick like LeBron or something. He might have came close with somebody, but like, I doubt it. I don't, but think either. So. But either way, like, I mean, I think that drives him. Like, that's going to drive Kawhi. He's going to, like, literally know, okay, I have this guy who I've literally won a championship with before beside me this time that I didn't have last year. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> this um, one it, this one isn't my answer, but I'm going to say a random player that hits a big shot is going to be Paul George, and the internet is going to remember, <laughs> oh, this guy's good. Wait, is this guy is this guy yeah. good? Yes, uh, 100%. Could, could could we also imagine a Terrence Mann like crazy <laughs> shot too? He just sprints from baseline to baseline and hits one of those weird like reverse layups that he does, and it's just like, yeah. oh shit, clips are up one with one second left. It's this gonna it's gonna be my boy. It's gonna be my boy Batum though. He's gonna hit. He's gonna oh, hit yeah. some the Batum battalion. The Batum. Oh, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. 
Yeah, they will absolutely he, assemble. Fully he's going to hit some huge, um, like, momentum-changing three. No. Oh, hey, hey, there we go. He's got his T-shirt. Ethan, Ethan Smith, Smith broke out the Batum Battalion T. Yes. yes. Without having Ooh. another competition, you know, some people get a shirt, you know. Um, what do we think Kawhi and PG are averaging round one? What do you guys think in points-wise? I'm kind of in, like, the – I think it's going to be real close to each other. I think it's going to be around 26 and a half. Mm. I'm looking – I'm excited for their round one. It's going to be huge. I think Kawhi is going to be closer mm. to like that 29, maybe 30 number. Um, wow. Just sort of de- just sort of depending, right? Because I, I, I'm, what I'm hoping is that we're still generating um, a lot of open looks and like we're maintaining our sort of season average or right around there. Um, but if it turns into like go get a bucket, I mean, obviously there's two answers sort of to that question. Uh, and I think if it ends up going that way, which if it's a close game, I mean, we kind of see a shift towards those tendencies. So I, I think that Kawhi is going to be kind of closer to that 30 number. And I'm going to put Paul George not too far away, but probably like that 25 range. Wow. It's even higher than mine. What do you got, Ethan? I would say I, I kind of agree, but I think I'd drop Kawhi into like the 27 range. And then I think George will be in the 22 to 24 gotcha. range. Just because I was, as we mentioned earlier, like Kawhi will play the whole first quarter, give Paul George some time to sit, comes on, primarily leads, Kawhi comes back in. Um, and I think that's a good measure because at least like if you're doing that, now that doesn't obviously mean they're going to score 27 and 22 points every <laughs> right. single yeah. game. Like I think, I definitely think Kawhi has the potential to go out and score 45 in one of these games. Just based Absolutely. on what the Love like it. Mavericks defense looks like. I really could see Kawhi doing that maybe more than once, but it's also very possible that that isn't enough in one of those games, just depending on what happens. But I also think Paul George is due again. He's due. Everybody is like, like everybody's like, Oh, he's pandemic P or like playoff P or whatever they want to say about him. I would not be surprised in the slightest if he comes out in game one and drops 35. Oh, hundred percent. I was looking at his game six stats. Yeah. He had like 33, 6, 3, and 5 steals Paul, in Paul, game yeah. 6. Yeah, Paul George had some games that kind of got wasted. I, I fully got wasted. Who are we looking for? Not who's going to have a bad round one, but who's going to maybe – I think there's kind of one obvious answer here. Uh, and, like, who's maybe going to struggle a bit? And I I want to see what you guys say, but I think it's a pretty obvious Pat Beverly. Answer. 100%. I like <laughs> I, I would say I would say Bever Zubac just depending on how the Mavericks attack Zubac but Ooh, yeah okay. I think Beverly like I think Ty Lu for some reason is going to make him the primary defender on Luka and it's just going to look terrible on him and Twitter is going to like literally rip him Oh the first run. game if that's a scenario it's going to look Bev's going to get like two yeah. fouls in the first yeah. eight minutes um, which maybe is fine because he's we probably feel... only going to be playing like four minute shifts yeah, that's, I, yeah. that's actually a good call um, how did we feel about kind of widening this episode down? How do we feel about the Clippers' path overall? We're all confident they're going to win this series. It might be a bloodbath. We've discussed that. But how do we feel about kind of the bracket? You know, obviously with the game, the night you're listening to this, still getting figured out between the Lakers and the Warriors. How do we feel about the overall path to the Western Conference? I Finals? mean, if there's an upset in round one, uh, you know, for the one or two seed from a playing team, you know, we'll maintain home court advantage through the first two rounds, which is really nice. Um, but I like just breaking down the Western Conference. I mean, sure, there's matchups that I suppose I would like better, but I, I don't know that there's like an easy 
uh, per se, like walk through the playoffs right now. Like I, 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 you know, nobody has like what the Sixers are looking at right now. We're like, you know, it's a cakewalk <laughs> yeah. to the conference finals where you have, you know, your only real test. Um, so I, you know, I, I like Utah. I, I think that Utah is a great team. I think that'll be a tough series. Uh, I think that Ty Lue has some things up his sleeve matchup wise there. And I think what we saw in the small ball, uh, sort of getting that win against Utah, I think it come a lot more into play and we just have the three point shooting to sort of negate some of the jazz's defense. So I do really like that as well. Good call. Yeah. Ethan, what do you think? And I, I feel the same way. And as I mean, I would mention this, I would much rather play Dallas and Utah and whoever, maybe the eight seed beats them out of some crazy wackiness. But I would rather play Dallas and Utah just because I think we match up better versus playing Portland or Denver in whatever scenario would have panned out or the Suns or potentially the Lakers who I have winning tonight. Mm. But um, – it's for me is it's like I would rather not want to deal with that because then, I mean, yeah, those series are going to be tough. But I also don't lock the Jazz in to just sweep whoever they play yeah. first unless you yeah. see some really shocking where the Spurs make the playoffs. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. even then you're still facing Greg Popovich at that point. None of the Western Conference play-in teams are easy teams by any stretch of the margin. This is not like those years of years past where the number one seed was playing a team that was absolutely terrible and couldn't do yeah. anything. They're playing four games first round, no yeah. matter what, pretty much. Yeah, like, and I mean, you're going to be re- like, you're you have to consider like the Jazz also, and I. This is going to be kind of bad, David. I'm sorry. I don't see the Jazz <laughs> making the Western Conference Finals. Oh, even if we lose, I see. I think Dallas could even beat Utah if they like get past them with that much momentum. If they beat the Clippers, which they won't, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, as you mentioned, matchups with Utah specifically, we have two guys we could throw a Donovan Mitchell at any given time. You have some pretty good guards you could throw a Jordan Clarkson, who's probably going to win six man of the year this year, and Rudy Gobert, for all intents and purposes, is pretty much a 10 foot defender, like he just sits 10 feet this way, this way, or this way, and that's all he's doing. So when you have Serge Ibaka and DeMarcus Cousins, why not just pick and roll or pick and pop the whole game? I, that's my go. kind of stance on it. Meanwhile, with the Suns, you deal with a lot of other things like Chris Paul wanting to beat his old team and Devin Booker being able to take over any game he wants and a bunch of other factors. The Suns, the Suns to me, like, if you are if you were to ask me, like, backcourt versus backcourt, I mean, to me, the Suns are the clear, better backcourt, and I think that we really have trouble with dynamic guards. Um, I think that we, we yes. have the personnel to guard those guys, but from what I've seen in the regular season, like, those are the kind of teams that we struggle against. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Jazz is maybe a slightly better matchup. Also, just, like, talking about the play-in thing, if you look at these teams, uh, Ethan, you hit the nail on the head. Like these aren't bad teams. A lot of these teams had the most like games rescheduled, both the, both Memphis and the Spurs. They had injury stuff. Like, yeah, they played like 43 teams that like some absurd. Yeah. These are, I mean, you know, two of these teams, at least if not more teams that would have easily been in the playoffs in, in a normal quote unquote normal year. Yeah, 100%. And the Clippers draw the Mavs in the first round. We're all very excited and a little nervous about it. Uh, Ethan, thank you so much for being on the show. This was fantastic. Oh, yeah, of course. And while I'm here, I might as well pitch this. The NBA uh, keeps talking about eliminating tanking, right? 
Why not have a tournament for the teams that aren't in the playoffs? And whoever wins that tournament gets a guaranteed top three pick. Love it. That's not a bad idea. That's a good-ass idea. If you're a fan of the Pirates or just good podcasts in general, check out Lockdown Pirates. Ethan hosts that five days a week. Thursday's episode, we're going to have Miriam Swanson on from the OC Register. We love Miriam. She's going to talk Clippers Mavs round one. That's all we're talking this week. Thirsty Thursday, discussing what we want to see from the team during the first round. And, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Well, where can these people listen to not only Locked on Clippers, but as well as Locked on Pirates? You can listen on Odyssey. You can listen on Spotify. Apple Podcast is finally fixed, I think. It's good. Yeah. Um, after that whole debacle, um, everything's pretty great. But you can also follow me on Twitter at Locked on Pirates. You'll probably see me shout these guys out all the time. Or on my personal Twitter, at MVP underscore Ethan, where I talk more about the Clippers and everything and, uh, you know, loathe and sadness sometimes, but loathe and victory <laughs> other times. So that's where you guys can find me. Awesome. At. 100%. I have been positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.